0: focus verse this afternoon is revelation the 22nd chapter verses 1 through 3 and it says and he shewed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of god and of the lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful start to our new year today. Amen. I want to have a move of God at the first service of the new year. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The title of our lesson is, He Who Sits on the Throne. He Who Sits on the Throne. I looked up the word throne, and just from from my inquisitive nature, if there was something majestic about this word throne, and it means a ruler's seat, it's not really majestic. But think about it from uh, a different point of view. It is not so much about the throne; it's about who's sitting on the throne. And we we uh, talk a lot about, and you may have heard, throne room worship. Amen. It's not about the room; it's not really about the throne. It's about worship. That's right. The throne. He who sits up on the throne. And this this message, this 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 lesson weaves the the singular thing about the Lord is one and there's not two and there's not three and we know that so well and I thought about it this morning is and and reading through the lesson why do we constantly go back to reminding ourselves there is one God And and you think about that you say you know we've been saying that a long time and we keep saying that why do we keep going back to it well number one it's very important to know we need to know and understand who we're worshiping and who's on the throne. To, to understand that there is a throne and, and to think that there's mul- multiple deities on the throne, you get so confused that you don't even know what you're worshiping anymore. But to, to go back and to hear ministers and, and read it through the word of God and lessons, as we come back, there is one God. It's so important to understand who that we're worshiping. Not to be confused and not to be all upset because we don't know. But we know that there's one sitting on the throne. And there's only one. Amen. John wrote the book of Revelations to the seven churches in Asia Minor. As subjects of the Roman Empire, the members of these churches understood the power of the throne. Although none of them likely ever came close to Caesar, they recognized the force behind his commands. The imperial might of the army and, and the wide reach of the Roman Empire. The throne represented power. The throne represented life and death. The throne stood as the ultimate authority throughout one of the world's greatest empire. And as John was writing, it's, it's a little different context than what we have today. We don't have a dictator on a throne. We have a president. But in this era of time, that was a Caesar, and he was, uh, in some some respects, like to God to some people. He was the one that spoke things into existence, and he made it happen here, or you couldn't go there, or whatever. It was such power in that in that era when he was writing to the churches of what he was trying to get across. And I was thinking about that as we as we think about that. And today, we've, we've lost so much respect for authority. Brother Moat said that last Sunday morning. It really struck a chord with me. You, you may not like the person, but you should respect the office the person holds. They, whether they agreed with Caesar or not, they knew that his overarching power and what he could and couldn't do. And it made a very good comparison to the Lord sitting on the throne. God came and and he died for us and then now we know that he's there and all power and all power think about that for a moment all power that in of itself should 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 warrant some respect just a knowing how powerful our God is but somewhere along the lines we get comfortable and complacent and we lose that that respect factor of just who God is and of the throne that he's sitting on. And we get it out of culture, or at least I do, and I don't know if it's him on the throne or me on the throne sometimes. I get that all mixed up and out of, out of place, and I lose that respect, and I see that today in, in our young people and in people in general. We have lost that edge of respect just from, from sheer authority we have lost it and then as we as we look at in the spiritual side of things so much reverence and the lord speaks of fear fearing the lord respecting the lord there should be so much respect that we have just to be in his presence what a wonderful thing it is the roman power seemed unprecedented for who could challenge caesar yet a great king who humbly manifested himself in the flesh, rose to a throne greater than Caesar's. Caesar unwittingly followed his commands, building roads and creating security for the spread of the gospel. The lands Rome ruled represented future areas of conquest for a very different type of empire, the kingdom of God. Jesus came in such a humble fashion. We just went through the birth of Christ, Christmas, and that, that uh, tradition that we have that we celebrate. Uh, what an humble entry for a king. Amen. What, what a way it, it is so. it has been and, and maybe still will be into the future. So easy to miss the respect that you should give when someone comes in so humbly but one that's much greater than Caesar, one that's much greater than the president or any other dignitary that you could find. Oh, the king of kings established the kingdom of God. In Revelation, the great king who sat on the throne of heaven appeared both all-powerful and humble at the same time. He came in as almighty, all-powerful God and very humble at the same time. Because the one who sat on the throne was eternal God as well as the lamb sacrifice for the sin of the world. Uh, we got this all eternal God and the lamb sacrifice, the humble lamb sacrifice for your and my sin, all wrapped up in one package of, of Jesus. Amen. Mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Although those who worship Jesus may never gain an audience with Caesar, they could come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in their time of need. The mighty throne was also the throne of grace because Jesus had experienced the weakness of humanity and had overcame them. The king sits on the throne as ruler of heaven and earth, because he conquered both. He's conquered both, heaven and earth. Amen. What a mighty God we serve today. Praise the Lord. Uh, Praise the Lord. Uh, I may never stand in the audience of President Biden or any other great, wonderful dignitary but to walk into the throne room of the king of kings and for him to offer me my pardon. Oh, hallelujah. To him to show me grace. Uh, So undeserving am I. But what a mighty king we have sitting on the throne today. What a mighty king we have sitting on the throne. The throne. The majesty of the one on the throne cannot be understated. He is Alpha and Omega. As the beginning and the end, He represents being who transcends time and human comprehension. We we cannot understand some things that the Lord does. There's a lot of times I don't know what the Lord's up to, but I must trust Him. I must trust the one that's setting on the throne the one that I have or hopefully I have put in charge of my life is he my king am I submitted to him and am I ready to obey him and follow him as king of kings of my life amen he, he transcends time and human comprehension amen Amen. You can't outsmart God You can't get ahead of him uh, In in intellect Uh, Sometimes I get ahead of him Because uh, I can't figure him out And I want to run out there And I I don't have patience to wait Uh, Amen But he has a plan If I could just follow the plan The power of the one who sits on the throne Can be seen in the fact that The Alpha and Omega Not only wanted to be the beginning and the end of all things, but he also desired to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Therefore, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and as a result, he has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand, the power of God. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I know who is sitting on the throne now. We look at a at a world today that that is that is needing a leader in their life. They're following a lot of things, but they really need a leader. Not someone in the human form as a leader, but they need a spiritual leader. The, the one that they can follow. The one that they can call, this is my king sitting on the throne. Uh, amen. Uh, So many times, even though I know, even though I know the way, uh, we we get it all mixed up, and I go back to me as I'm making this happen, or I'm in control, or I am doing this, and I take him off the throne, and I put something else there in his place. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put him first in his righteousness. Make sure he's on that throne, and in your life, Uh, even though he may not be in mine or your life, he's still on the throne. He's still in charge. Uh, He still rules and he still reigns. Amen. Amen. What a mighty God. When the Lord showed John the new Jerusalem, the revelators saw the city's incomparable foundations, the beautiful walls, the pearly gates, and the golden streets. In the midst of seeing all this splendor, John saw no temple. He reasoned that this city had no need for a temple because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb were its temple. Those who desire to partake of the light of the Lamb must have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. This city will have no night, no darkness, and no sin. No night, no darkness, and no sin will enter into the city. Anything defiled will not be included in the book of life. Anything that works abomination will not be found written there. Anything that makes a lie will not appear in this great book. The light of the Lamb reveals our sinful nature. First John 1, 6 through 7 declares, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen today. Amen. I want to read that again. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If I'm saying that me and God have this thing going and, and we're in fellowship with one another and I am walking in darkness, I'm lying. And I'm not doing the truth. I do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. That's our ticket. That's how we make it out of here. Amen. We walk in the light with him. Uh, We follow after him. We Put him on the throne again and we make him the ruler of our lives today. We must walk after him. I, I, no sin will enter in. None. No sin will enter in. We must reapply the blood to our lives to make sure that we're cleansed from all that sinful nature that we have. If we want to have fellowship with Jesus throughout all eternity, We must walk in the light with him while we live on this earth. Amen. There's so much darkness today. Oh, hallelujah, that needs just a little bit of light. They need me and they need you to be walking in the light. Our world is hopeless without me and you walking in the light, shining that light. God writes her name in the Lamb's book of life. Many names have appeared in the book, but we must avoid the deletion of our name. I don't don't want the Lord sitting at his heavenly computer typing out my name and said, oh, delete, 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 delete. Oh, hallelujah. We must avoid the deleting of our names. Just as God enters names in the book, he can also take them out. We, however, cannot neglect our great salvation. If we defile ourselves, act abominably, or create lies, then we will find ourselves blotted out of the book. Jesus promised, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels, he that overcometh. Amen. I'm looking at a bunch of overcomers today. Amen. We're not going to be carried away with every wind of doctrine, and we're not going to get our sights off, and we're not going to get distracted by the things of life and the things of this world and we're going to make sure our name is written in that book. And We're going to make sure that we apply the blood to our lives. That we've kept it clean and we've kept it pure. And we've walked as he would want us to. Uh, we put our faith in him, the son of the living God. Praise the Lord. Uh, the, the, the redeemed will easily be identified because the name of Jesus will be on them. Those baptized in the name of Jesus have taken on the name of Christ. Therefore baptism baptism in Jesus name is essential to being part of the amazing redemption story in the book of Revelations. Galatians 3:27 Paul wrote, "For as many as as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ." We must remain in Christ and stay away from the old nature. In order to walk in the newness of life. And one day walk on the streets of gold in the new Jerusalem. So thankful that one day, amen, I took on Christ. I took on his name. I made it my name, his name. And I took, I put that old nature behind me. We we buried that. Amen. And I said, God, I want to be like you. And I want to be part of you. Amen and I took him on and he he stamped his name on me. Amen. This almighty God claimed me. Put his name on me. Amen. 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 It's it's a special thing. We we know today when we when we're married the lady takes in, in our culture takes on the man's last name as an identifying thing. They're one. They're together. They, she put on his name. That's special. And when he allowed me to be baptized and I went down in his name, I was able to create a union with him. And I took on that name. The name that's a, it's way more powerful than the name of Wells. It's way more wonderful than my last name. Uh, Taking on that name. uh, Amen. Changes things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thinking about all the wonderful promises of the Lord that the Lord had for us should compel us to worship the one true God who sits on the throne. Our worship of Him reveals His sovereignty. We know He is Lord of all, but we must proclaim Him Lord of all. We know it, but we must proclaim it. It's one thing to know it, but it's a whole different thing to proclaim it. We know He is Lord of all, but we must proclaim Him Lord of all. We cannot sit idly by and become stagnant in our worship, when we have such great joy set before us, we must lay aside all weight and the sin which so easily beset us. And we must have a heart of worship. I will worship the one God who sits on the throne. I need to proclaim that today, that I will worship the one God who sits upon the throne amen if we find ourselves not worshiping like we should then we have lost sight of the one on the throne we are not allowing his light to shine as brightly in us as it should but if we have true vision of our heavenly father and our heavenly home then we put our all into worship the one on the throne think about that a moment it's a good it's a good gauge if I come into his house and and I'm struggling worshiping my God, that should be a gauge in my mind, a check, a, a barometer, a meter, if you will, to say, do I really know who's sitting on the throne? Amen. Have a, have a lost sight of what really matters and uh, ha- has it become cloudy who is sitting on the throne? But when worship happens for me and I can... Press through my humanity and worship happens for me, and we come together and we align together. I know that He is still sitting on the throne in my life. Amen. Amen. I was reading an article I want to read to y'all today. It's called Aligning with Heaven. When our worship follows the pattern of heaven, we become aligned with heaven. At this point, heaven and earth come into perfect harmony and synchronize what is happening in heaven is happening on earth and what is happening on earth is in heaven heaven and earth are joined as we come into total agreement the sounds of heaven are being heard upon the earth and the sounds of heaven and the sounds of heaven and the sounds from the earth are harmonious and glorious sounds Voices and men and angels are united in proclaiming the most important characteristic of God's nature. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. We may or may not hear the angelic choir and the orchestra, but when our theme and focus and objectives and our patterning is the same as heaven's, then they do join us in worship. Think about that today when we come into alignment with him and we put him first and he is on the throne and there's no doubt we've cleaned up all the weights and we've put aside all the sins and we've buried them things and we've truly opened ourselves and our heart to God and we come to his house and we start worshiping him something happens not just here on earth But something starts happening in heaven. We join together with the angels crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Thy kingdom come. We want your kingdom here, Lord. We want to worship you here like they are in heaven today. Amen. Because you are the one sitting on the throne. You are the one true living God uh, if I'm struggling with that God I need to get some things right uh, I need to go back to my heart and check it and make sure that everything's pure and clean and I've got it right with you today because I want to come to worship him uh, this morning on the first day of the or the second day of the new year but our first service amen I just wonder if I could worship in him and Reaffirm him sitting on the throne, uh, Amen. I, I just want to make sure that I'm starting 2022 off right. Uh, if I want what I want out of this year, and I I have visions and I have things I want to see done, and I want to see things accomplished, uh, but it starts with me. Uh, I got to have an internal revival. I got to make sure that I've got this right, and uh, I'm headed in the right direction, and. He is sitting on the throne in my life, and I'm taking on his name. And I I know that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, and I come to worship him in spirit and in truth today. Uh, Can we stand this morning? uh, Oh, and just raise our hands and love the Lord today. Uh, Oh, he is worthy this morning.